Welcome to the That Healing Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Faith Ashenden, founder, CEO, and master mindset coach. I'm obsessed with helping you awake the healer within yourself so that you can step into a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. Join me in training your brain, rewiring your subconscious, and changing your inner world so that you can heal. Let's dive in. I'm so excited um, for this episode for so many reasons, but I feel like whenever we run HTA, it's like we're this group of friends and we know everything about each other's lives for like a month and a half. And then it's like, oh my gosh, this is so nostalgic. Like we have to stay in contact. So this is, this is like one of the the most fun ways to do that. Just like go back and like, hey, let's share your story. Let's chat what's been going on. Um, Aaron has like, You've, you've just done like some amazing things since we've chatted that I genuinely like don't know the details on, which I plan to pick um, your brain on here on the podcast. So I think it's going to be really fun. But before we do any of that, um, I'm here with Erin Rosenthal. She's from, I would, it was our first, was it our first HTA? I think it was the first HTA ever. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. I was, yeah, I'm part of the first group. <laughs> the first group. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The first group of HTA. Um, and yeah, I'm just like so excited to, to learn from you and for you to share your story and encourage others, um, and learn about what you're doing now. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm so good to see you again. I miss them too. I know we, we were like so sad at the last week. We were like, none of us would hang up. (laughs) Literally silence. Like. (laughs) We're like, wait, what? Is this the end? <laughs> um, but luckily we I mean stayed in contact. Like I know you and, and Adriana, like you flew out and saw Adriana and um yeah, it's just crazy how like the internet connects us all, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I might see Maria in Florida in like a month or two too. So I'm like standing no the HTA family. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so jealous of that as well. She's like on the beach. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Going off every day, you know? (laughs) Well, okay. So let's start with kind of the beginning, I think, just to give some context. Mm -hmm. As much as you want to share your story prior to a lot of the work that you've done, especially since HTA, um, and kind of what, again, like however much you're comfortable sharing, like kind of what that looked like for you and what your life was like, I think that would be really helpful to understand. Absolutely. So, I can honestly start back when I was like two years old. This is, this is getting deep, you know? Um, (laughs) When I was two, I got diagnosed with asthma and eczema. And then um, I think things just started to accumulate as I went through middle school. I had a life-threatening asthma attack. And then in high school, I had like injuries from soccer. So I had to get surgeries. I was on antibiotics for those. When I had asthma issues, had to go on prednisone, nebulizing treatments. And over time, that stuff definitely added up. But then by the time I got to college, um, I actually went on a mission trip to Africa. Very life-changing, amazing. And I ended up also having a life-threatening asthma attack there, which was pretty traumatic. So adding in the mental component. And just from there on, it felt like my lungs and my body just started to give up on me. And I was like battling disordered eating, eczema, hay fever, 
really bad asthma, PCOS. And recently, probably a year ago, I started developing like hyperthyroid issues. Um, and now my thyroid had been swinging back and forth between hyper and hypo. Um, and I just remember being like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like <laughs> I have gone to every single doctor like that you could imagine. And out of all of it, cause you can see in my chart when somebody's gone to visit a bunch of doctors and they were like, Hey, like it basically insinuating that I was a hypochondriac. And I remember one doctor being like, I wonder if I put you on Xanax for a couple of days, if like all your problems would disappear. This was literally, like he says this, I had that visit probably two days after getting out of the hospital with thyroid and asthma issues. So um, just that type of stuff really worked me up because I was like, this isn't right. Like I can feel inside, like my intuition's telling me that something's wrong. And I just... I knew that I had to do something and I knew that I wasn't getting the support I needed from the resources I was reaching out to. And I had to try something different and I had to not be afraid to try something different because there can be such a stigma to try something other than the black and white norms, you know, especially in the health space. So. And like at the beginning as well, it's like, where do you even start? Because when you go into what they call like, quote unquote, I don't like to call it alternative because much of this is actually very ancestral and like, yeah. new, but when you Absolutely. go into what we call, yeah, like alternative, it's like there are a billion options, you know, and you kind of feel like you're in the wild west. You're like, okay, so <laughs> where is it? this, I don't know, like, where do I start? Like, who do I talk to? What do I do? So, I mean, how did you start? What did you start with when you started mm -hmm. looking towards other modalities perhaps than like the traditional Western model. Yeah, absolutely. So I remember going to a chiropractor and then I tried to go to a functional medicine doctor on my own. Um, and that just wasn't a good fit. He was not supportive at all. And just, we didn't have the same values and I ended up finding faith. I found you on TikTok. Thank you. Algorithm. That's times <laughs> I've been happy about an algorithm. And, um, I remember following you on Instagram after that and like sending you a message and I just kind of following your journey. And I just remember, I don't know how else to describe it, but I could just see like, you had this magic to you, like real life magic. Like you just, you could tell how much you appreciated life and how much you appreciated even the little things. And found joy out of life. I was like, what's that like? <laughs> Tell me. Um, and I just remember thinking, I, I want to be like that. I want to be able to see the magic in life because I haven't been able to see it for a long time, if ever. Um, and I remember scheduling a one-on-one -on -one with you was it like last fall or something? I can't remember. I think it was longer than that. I think it was like two years ago almost. I feel okay, like that sounds like right. a year and a half or something at least. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I remember doing that. And then um, you helped me find a functional medicine doctor, which was life changing because she was, she changed the game for me in terms of going on cleanses, which you got to see during my HDA time. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Then I joined HTA a couple of times and <laughs> really loved it. So I love that because I do think that 
those kind of like two things go hand in hand. Like whenever I'm working with a client, like usually the prerequisite is having seen a functional medicine doctor, taken a functional medicine approach in some capacity, um, because there is a lot of noise out there on like this works and that works, but without like testing what's actually going on, it's just irrelevant. Like it's like, it could work for your situation, which is why social media can be like, I love social media, but it can be kind of like a hard place because a lot of people are like claiming a lot of things work, but without actually knowing what's going on, it doesn't really (laughs) work when it comes to like supplements or detoxes or even like certain foods, like some food can be completely healing for someone and the opposite for someone else. And so I'm such a huge fan of personalized medicine and testing. Um, and I think we've come a long way in making it more mainstream that a lot of people don't test. So it was like really great that you were able to get with someone who like was able to pinpoint some root causes. And I mean, what was some of the data that you got back from her? Oh, oh, I guess so much good data. Um, I definitely like, what was that gut test called where you like send in a sample? The GI map test? GI map. Yeah. So I did a GI map. I did extensive blood like lab testing and I (laughs) realized that my iron and ferritin levels were like almost at zero, which was crazy. Um, realized I'm allergic to gluten, like very severely had parasite that she thought I've had since I went out of the country. And, um, oh my gosh, there was, there is just so much to unravel. You know, there's so many layers to like, it might come off as semi-normal, but it's when you start to see the patterns in your lab work, it, um, yeah, it, it really changes things. So I've, I got some of my supplements on my desk here with me. <laughs> Never far. <laughs> yeah. Never far at all. I'm stuck. <laughs> my dresser. I'm like, I have three of everything. In <laughs> I know. Whenever we're like on calls, like someone mentions a supplement and someone's like, oh yeah, no, I have that right here. Look. And it's like, we all have it like at our desks. It's like, oh God. Um, okay. So you, you got like, you know, you've got a bunch of data. Someone yeah. you really trusted, your values aligned. Um, yeah. The data is always like so empowering because it's like, yes, thank you. Finally, you know, like I've got answers. I can now put in a plan. I can measure the success of my plan. So then what prompted you to join the Health Transformation Accelerator when you were already doing all this great stuff? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, one thing I do want to add is also on those results they found that like a lot of the bacteria I had was inflammatory and like directed towards my lungs. I just wanted to add that in there. So that was like a huge insight. But um, I just remember feeling so helpless and hopeless and just like 100% every hour of every day living out of fear. And like, I was afraid to go outside because at one point I was bedridden, like in, I could try and get up to the bathroom if I could, but like literally just sitting in my room on my phone doing nebulizing treatments. It was a terrible time. Can't sleep, can't eat. Um, so I don't think those things that I had been trying had been super, um, I guess they didn't help right away. And not to say that like good things obviously take time for sure. Um, but I just, I thought I should be making more progress based on what I was doing by then because it was just, it's such an ugly place to 
like to feel and to be and um just seeing any beacon of hope like when I saw your your page is just I need to try something like I need to keep trying until I find something that propels me into a a better situation so I think seeing your story and seeing what you were building um, and seeing an opportunity for group coaching. Cause I felt so isolated at home, like working from home, um, started even remote school from home. So it's just, it, there's no community for me here. Um, I live with my parents right now. Um, so just having an opportunity to meet new people and to, I'm very passionate about working on myself and improving myself. So seeing that I could find additional tools and resources to help me cope and also just help me see the magic in life. Um, yeah, that was, that was some of the biggest things that turned me towards it. Well, I mean, and I think like, I can't remember even who I was having this conversation with. Maybe I was just thinking it the other day, but like, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when we're chronically ill for so long and like basically all of our energy is spent on surviving really at the end of the day, like you said, like you're literally in bed, you're like doing your treatments throughout the day, taking your supplements, taking your medications, whatever it is you're doing. And you're just like, this sucks. And you lose those things, not just you lose the things that bring you joy because like physically you can't do them, but like you lose any sort of like attachment to those things because it just sends you into a dark place. Like, I don't really know how else to say it, but I can just relate to like the situation that you've described. And I think so many, so many people can, and I think it's important to highlight it. I mean, we were talking about this today in our HTA call, like it's important to highlight like the emotional and like spiritual burden beyond the physical burden and like what it does to like, you don't realize what it does to the human psychology to lose those things that bring you joy. And without things that bring you joy, we can't heal. And so it's like this vicious cycle. And it's like, there's, there's not a lot of conversations around it. And there's not a lot of real help around it in my personal opinion. Mm -mm. Now, I honestly had no idea how much of this, like, ancestral style space existed within anywhere. (laughs) Um, so it's, it's very refreshing, honestly, to see something outside of that. It really is a vicious cycle. Like it has been scientifically proven how vicious the cycle is between psychological and physiological stuff. Like that's like, yeah, some of what I do for my job is studying those relationships too. And I'm sure like a lot of what you do is that too. it's part of your base. So I think it's important to acknowledge that we went through that and that it's not okay that we had to get to that place to be where we are now. Um, but at the same time, it's okay to be grateful when you're ready to be in that space, if you're ready to be in that space. Um, cause I finally have gotten to a point where I'm grateful for where I am and where I was not because I went through it. Cause that, it absolutely sucked. No question. But, um, it propelled me to people that align with my higher self and it propelled me into a passion and future career, um, that can help people. So, yeah, I know I'm getting a little off topic, but <laughs> no, no, it's not off topic at all. It's, it's the topic. It's, I feel like it's the point actually, because it's what yeah. I always like say, like, you know, it is a quantum leap. It is 
an evolution. Like yeah. it, and we, we, we kind of harped on this a lot. And I always say it in the podcast, you know, like evolution is like basically really shit in the moment, you know, like when you're being forced to evolve, like it's just not good. It's like the pits, right? Um, change is like so hard. And a quantum leap is like a huge change. So like, that's going to be like the ultimate, most difficult thing anyone does. If they say like, I took a quantum leap, it's like, oh my God, what was that like? You know, but um, it's like, it was not great. Like in the moment, actually, thanks for asking. It sucked. Like, and I think that's the point. And I feel like that is like what, that's like everything I want to like, kind of give to the world is like, I think chronic illness is that opportunity because you can heal. It is possible, but it's the hardest thing when you feel like everything is stripped away from you. And so to like, not physically even come out of it, I think mentally to come out of that and on top, that is the ultimate litmus test of human (laughs) strength and resiliency. And so once you do that, the body just like heals because you're like, well, I can do anything now because I'm literally basically like a superhuman. So it's like, you know, your body just, your cells listen, your body follows suit. And so I, I think it is just so important to highlight as much as I can, like, Hey, like you said, like to acknowledge, like this was a time of like, it was like grief and it sucked and it was hard. And like, look now, like, you know, and we'll talk about it and get into it. Like what you're doing, like you can't do something like that. If you haven't experienced and overcome something great, there's, there's no like shortcut in life. You can't make that change and help people if you haven't done it first yourself, period. Um, and so unfortunately that is just the way of the, this sort of like third three-dimensional plane that we live on. Um, so it's interesting that you say like, now I can look back and be grateful for it. Um, and knowing how, like in the time, perhaps you saw me saying that and you were like, wow, I want to do that. And I think there are other people hopefully who can look at you and be like, just this is another story of someone who was in the pits and now has come out of it. And like, it's, you know, like living her, like you said, their highest self and like being around other people who are doing that and changing the world. Like I want that too. Um, and that's like what you have to hold on to when you're at your lowest. Absolutely. And it's really hard when you're in that space to create space for something outside of what you're experiencing. That's part of what helps so much with having the health transformation accelerator for sure. and. I think it's important to keep, I think the only thing that could be helpful to keep in mind during those times is just that they're just keeping a tiny sliver of space for the fact that there, there could be hope. Just like opening yourself up to that in any capacity can help you step into a a new space eventually if you give yourself the time to do so. So, um, I, I definitely remember when I was at my worst, just being like, I feel like I'm going to be stuck like this forever. And I feel like nothing is going to get better. I feel like I I don't, there's so many feelings and also you're numb at the same time. You know, it's just, it's hard to imagine something outside of that, but it's more than possible. And anyone who's listening to this should know that they are capable and they are strong enough to do it because. Yeah. I just know that they can do it. Yeah. I know they can see the other side. I know they can see the magic in life. Yeah. And it comes down to what you believe to be true. Like you say, you're like, I know they can do it, but ultimately when you believe you can do it, yeah, you know that, but like, you know, 
whoever's listening, when you believe it, that's that's like the domino that kind of sets off the, all the dominoes. Then the last one that drops, you know, is kind of like that aha, okay, wow, um, moment. But like, it's when you internalize that belief that I can, um, which is obviously why we do so much belief work with mm-hmm. like, you, as you know, we're like obsessed with our beliefs. Um, yeah. But it's true because it, it changes everything. Like what you believe when you change the way you look at things, what you look at changes, period. Yeah. And like someone asked me about that, like yesterday on Instagram, they're like, what about if you can't change it? You know what you're experiencing? And I'm like, there's nothing you can't change because if you change the way you look at something, it will change, period. Yeah. Everything is perception. And like the body does listen. The body does respond. As long as you believe something's never going to change, it's never going to change, period. Like our body will respond to what we believe to be true. Our reality will respond to what we believe to be true. These are very powerful laws um, that people talk a lot about. We talk about money um, Mm -hmm. and kind of health, but not in the same way that we dig into it. I think it's like, yeah, I want to manifest a million dollars. Great. Let's study these 11 universal laws and put them to the test. And I have them literally right next to me, the secret. And, you know, okay, fine. (laughs) You know, this is like, we love it, but we're not applying this, these laws. It's like the law of gravity. Like, if you change your thoughts in your life to align with healing, it's going to fucking happen. Like your the laws mm-hmm. will respond, but that, you know, that's easier said than done, which Absolutely. is why, like you said, you know, having those tools and getting in that community of people whose values align. Like you've mentioned that a lot. I think it's important, like your practitioner, the people you were hanging out with, um, all of that is going to impact the reality that we're, we're experiencing. So that kind of brings me to my next question. What, if you don't mind sharing, it doesn't have to be like detailed, but kind of what were some like of your loose goals then coming into HTA and kind of thinking all the way back to like where you were before you started? Oh gosh, I should whip out my smart goals. Sorry, I'm like putting you on the spot. <laughs> um, I do remember one of the biggest things was the health anxiety and wanting so badly to rid that. I just remember not being able to function because of it. Like I could not go outside without panicking um, because I thought it could affect my health in a very negative way. Like I was afraid to walk my dog. So I think um, health anxiety was the biggest thing. And I really wanted to try a different approach to dealing with some of the medical trauma Um, and just finding a space that was so much less negative mentally. It was so much mental and also just a lot of the mental pain turned physical. Um, so you could feel some of the, like your body remembering the symptoms of what you have experienced in your life that was traumatizing. And I just was really wanting to work on that. And I, I remember I started journaling a little bit on beliefs before I had started with the health transformation accelerator and it, um, it started to help, but I was like, I know, I know I need more things to help. (laughs) I'm too like resourceful and need to jump to a million things to find what I need. So, um, yeah, I hope that semi answers your question. I was going to say also, I mean, it's such a good trait to have though. Cause like, it's just so clear the more you put in, the more you get out as well. It's like you obviously put in like so much work and you have these amazing results. And it's the same thing, you know, everyone has great results, but I think some people, I mean, like, you know, you're, you're just, you're going to like change the world with your career. Now, all the stuff you're doing is very impactful. And then, and you put in a lot. And so 
that, that like shows and it's really obvious. And like, that is obviously extremely inspiring. It just goes to show like, it really is about like how much work you're willing to put in because you can go through anything or you can journal anything, but if like your heart and soul isn't in it and you're not actually challenging yourself mentally more than anything, um, like you said, it is like taking your brain to the gym. Like it's not, you know, (laughs) so it's like, you got to get up every day and do it when you don't feel like it. You've got to do it when like, you know, you're adding on weights and it's harder and it sucks and you're metaphorically and physically out of breath, like all these things, like it's a workout. And then one day it's just like, whoa, like Mm -hmm. something happened, you know, and I've like just built this strength. Yeah. That's one of the things I remember taking most from the group coaching program, especially, um, like I remember, seeing how you had put your legs up on the wall and like we had been talking about meditation and in the group. And I remember setting a bedtime routine all the time. And it's, it's hard. It is like the gym. Cause you're like, I literally just want to lay in my bed. I do not have energy to even put my legs up on the wall right yeah. now. Um, but I just, I was like, I started to feel good from doing it and I could feel the moments that you go into a parasympathetic, like, I think it's when, isn't it when you take, you can take deeper belly breaths and you you just like can feel in a calmer space. And it just, it wasn't addictive, but it like, I don't want to say that, but like, it was something that I wanted to continue feeling because I could feel myself starting to eventually cocoon, which I had no idea what was happening. I thought I was getting worse again, because all I could do was sleep and just like, all up in my bed. But yeah, finding a sense of safety again is the hardest part of, of can be the hardest part of feeling. It's so true. Cause like for so long, it's not been okay to be safe because yeah. something was always going wrong. So we're like on the defense, you know, yeah. not let our guard down. And then mm-hmm. it's like, wait, I can trust that I can let my guard down and I can be safe in my body. That feels like, cause we're told your body's working against you. And so how can you feel safe in a vessel that's fighting against you? If that's the narrative that you're sold. And so there's this total narrative switch of like, your body is constantly working to get into homeostasis. It's trying Mm -hmm. to heal and it's us getting out of our own way. Um, Of course, there's an element of the external environment, which of course we did you know, we are addressing, we talk about functional medicine and, um, mm-hmm. beyond that, our physical environment, what we're eating, all this great stuff. But I think yeah. like the most impactful part is us getting in our own way and fighting that like primitive instinct of, um, being on the defense, which is like ultimately what's keeping us sick, which just, again, it's another vicious cycle. There's just like a million vicious cycles that we adopt, but it's just because we're human, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And I remember thinking because I know like family dynamics and like other relationship dynamics can definitely like play a role in like what you internalize and like could contribute to you getting sick. But honestly, like, like you said, the biggest thing is realizing that you're the one standing in your own way. I remember having like a light bulb moment. I was sitting, I had just like played piano because I was trying to find joy, like during the HDA time. And I was sitting on our little like couch next to it. And I was like, why am I waiting to go to grad school? I was like waiting for everything to be perfect, for like everything to be cured, for everything, you know, like all the perfect circumstances. And I was like, I realized then that I was standing in my own way of the things that I wanted to pursue. And like, 
the knowledge I wanted to gain to help people. So, um, yeah, that was a really powerful moment in the the first session since I was in two of the HTAs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we call it radical responsibility. And I think there is yeah. like an element of radical responsibility in the healing process, but there is this like narrative of fault that people yeah. don't like. They're like, so you're saying it's my fault. No, mm-hmm. I'm saying that you are responsible in the sense that you're able to respond. So it's yeah. not your fault because mm-hmm. we're just humans. Um, yeah. But once we can recognize like how the human psyche works and mm-hmm. why we're in this rut, because that is literally how we are designed to operate, we can then be like, oh, okay, so that's what's going on. Now I can fight that. Now I can like move into this like more evolved state where I can respond in a less primitive manner. And yeah. when you feel like you have a strong locus of control, mm-hmm. you're going to be way more successful. You're going to take everything into your own hands. And there's, I can't even remember the name of the study, but there's a study, um, on like people who feel like they have a strong locus of control and how much more successful they are, um, in their ability to heal just by feeling and thinking that they are able to respond and that everything in their reality is a reflection of what they believe to be true. And all of these sort of like realizations, like just change the game. Like let's stop relinquishing our control. Let's stop like going to random people who are telling us, well, this is shit. This is just your deck of cards. Your body hates you. Like all of these narratives, look at how we're like switching them and flipping them on their heads. And I hope that people are like, oh my God, like narrative one, two, three, four, like really is what I believe to be true. And like how much we can pick that apart and show how much that's holding us back. Yeah. I remember when I went to the functional doctor that I have now, she's amazing. And she was describing our bodies like corporations and how like each, like some of like each body part is like a department. Right. And she's like, when one department is out with like COVID or something that, or like some flu or something, then the other departments have to compensate. And sometimes it doesn't all, (laughs) all work out. Sometimes it still goes to shit. And I was, I told her, I'm like, well, I think my body is going out of business or like filing for bankruptcy or something because we are not in a good place right now. But it really is like, I remember as I kept doing the the journaling of beliefs, I, I remember looking more and more at my body. Like my body is trying to tell me something's wrong because <laughs> like it's trying to, to help me. <laughs> and I have the power, which I didn't realize at first, I have the power to do that. We have so much more power than we think we do, which is mind blowing when it comes to reframing your mind and body, honestly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty magical. (laughs) We're so powerful. It's like, but the power is taken away or given away. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, think we're, you know, I don't actually frame it the way a lot of people do. I don't think that people are intentionally in all scenarios trying to take our power, but it's just what beliefs have been passed down that we have very little. I mean, that is what the medical system is sort of based on, like the body's broken and yeah, yes, we've come in and fixed it. And yes, like, of course, Western medicine is life-saving and we aren't talking about emergencies. We're not talking about acute illness. We're only talking about chronic illness, which is a whole different kettle of fish. So it doesn't apply in the same way, right? Um, in a hundred percent, right? Because this is just so much more robust than something like a car accident or um, a sprained ankle or something like that. So you you came in with these goals. Um, so 
what would you say, like, did you hit your goals or what did you realize or what were some of the wins that you came out of? Because you did take it twice and Mm -hmm. you do a lot of your own work. Again, just with emphasis on like how much you put into yourself. Like you said, you're very resourceful. You keep trying to look for solutions. Um, You're just that type of person. So your healing and success is inevitable. Um, But I would just like love to hear like, you know, we've, we've heard like where you come from sort of what did you realize? What did you start to see as it started working for you? Yeah. Um, I remember probably during the second time I took HTA, I remember I started to write music again on the piano, which I have not done since sixth grade. I am 25. Um, so, and that was like a really important way for me to express myself and share things with people I love and just put things out into the world that's healing because I have my own style. And I remember realizing that I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize I hadn't written a song in that long. Like I would just play other people's music and stuff. And that at like, that was a huge milestone for me. And I felt like I was on cloud nine, like on the top of the mountain, like I did it. Um, But since then, I feel like I have conquered health anxiety. Um, I do not live in fear. Um, I remember during my darkest days, I actually developed a phobia of flying, which was really weird for me because I have been traveling since I was six months old. And I absolutely love traveling at least a couple times a year. It makes my heart happy. And just like meeting all different kinds of people and um working through that and seeing the other side of it. Like I went to London and Ireland and I went to Arizona a couple of times, like having those moments where you get off the plane and you're like, I did it. Like, (laughs) holy cow. And I didn't have a panic attack or multiple panic attacks along the way. Just seeing, having those moments. And even like, I remember one time I thought I was having a hard time breathing and I like talked myself through it and started using some of the tools I've learned in HGA. And I like didn't have to take my inhaler, which was mind blowing. I remember slacking you about that. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> usually I have to have like 10 or 15 drugs or like, yeah, I can stick or something. Yeah. So um, those were some of some of my highlights, some of my biggest moments that I will never, ever forget. Um, Just because they are so internally rewarding and just speak to the work that you put in. I can like feel how good it felt now, Mm. as good as it did then. Um, But yeah, honestly, it has really propelled me into a lot of different spaces. Like I've tried to get better at nutrition because it's definitely a challenge for me. Like I'm not a cook at all. Um, I think my mom got all those genes or I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I relate to that so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Dishes and just like, it takes so much time. Um, (laughs) but I have like tried to get better at that. So I had started a, a, like a snack o'clock Instagram so I could try and create like snacks and meals and stuff that were both catering to my diet during my gut cleanse. And yeah, I started writing a book, which is really exciting because that's something I've always wanted to do. And finding the reason to write it has been huge. I'm like half, at least halfway through right now. 
Um, I'm reaching out to a couple either family friends or publishing companies. So I'm really excited. Hopefully, hopefully this will, um, it's intended to be like a resource for people that start are starting their chronic health journey. Cause it's, there's so many emotions in it. There's so many resources and like that you don't know you have, like there's a million things I could name now that I didn't know existed. And just having like a friend in a sense along the way, just like you are like, just like in different spaces, depending on what works for you, like having somebody to be like, it's okay. And (laughs) we're, we're going to get through this together and you're, you're going to heal. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. Um, and yeah, and now I'm in grad school for psychology and I'm going to be studying like pain science, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that space. I already have my thesis planned out for next spring because I'm going to be graduating in May and, um, I'm really excited. You've just like, it's just crazy thinking about how like it wasn't that long ago that you were in the situation that you described at the beginning of this conversation. And now I'm just like, I have like so many questions based off everything you've shared, but like (laughs) you've like, you're like doing so much. Like anyone looking at you would be like, well, this girl obviously like has her shit together. Like, look, she's like doing all this amazing, you know what I mean? But it's, it's like you have, you are literally like, you are like two different people, like you're two different versions of yourself. Um, But what's like really interesting about it like the only difference is that you believed more in yourself, like it in your power. Like as I'm listening to you talk, it's like you did all of this. Like, and it's interesting. And I always say this, like, and everyone, like you said, like everyone can do this, but like, it's just how much are you willing to tap into that and like trust yourself and like go out on a limb when it might seem a little radical to like, reject the narrative that you're broken or it might seem a little scary to like have that faith or to feel safe in something that you felt unsafe in for so long, you know, or to just go for it, even though you haven't done it in forever or force yourself to do something that brings you joy, even though you don't feel like it, um, or face your fears. Like all these things you're talking about, like people live their entire life without facing their fears. And, you know, I remember when you were in the program and then you're like, oh, and I like just got back and like you had like gone on a flight and you were absolutely fine. And it's just like this thing that like had been holding you back. And like, there you were like feeling great. You went out with your friends. Like you had these like huge wins from what you'd done that you hadn't done in ages. And it was just like, wow, like this was just a matter of weeks. And like, you are literally a different human being. And like, you were tapping into like all this stored potential inside of you, which is unlimited, which we see because like every day you're doing more and more and more and more because every time you are served evidence that it's possible, that belief just like strengthens and the infrastructure builds and it becomes a belief system. It becomes a network of like, I'm powerful. I am strong. I can do anything. Um, and it becomes easier to attract that success into your life. Um, but it was like, you know, it's always like you have to have that one win of like, you remember that feeling of that moment of like, wait, I can do this. Like it is, it is possible, isn't it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Even when I did my gut cleanse, I remember the first time I didn't get like acid reflux or heartburn. And I was like, oh <laughs> my gosh, there's life beyond this. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think that's another part of like what we do as well. Like we're really good about recognizing those because it's easy to like stay in such a negative space to where like we're only noticing the negative, but we're never noticing 
the little things that we are doing. And like you said, like you could easily brush over that and just be like, well, I'm still having symptoms. So like, why isn't this working? But instead, like you were so good about being like, oh my gosh, there was a change here. Like something's happened. Like I'm adding this to my journal of things that are like proving that I am healing and see that brain. Ha ha. You know? And like, it makes a difference. It really does. Yeah. The more you do it, the more you find, find, um, more evidence that you are healing. (laughs) A hundred percent. Like you will always find what you're looking for. And that's again, like that's the reticular activating system, which I'm sure, you know, and it's like, I do this little like quiz, if you will. And I say, okay, you know, look for something blue. And then you look around, you see something blue, look for something circular, look, and you can go even crazier with it. And you'll always find what you're looking for in some capacity because your brain from like literally an evolutionary standpoint has to focus in on one particular thing has to focus in on your command. Um, it doesn't make sense to perceive all things at one time. If for your survival, you need to find this one thing, then the brain is going to focus in on that one thing. It's going to block everything else out. So when we become like obsessed with everything that's wrong, we'll always find that. We'll always highlight that. And then of course, because our cells are listening, we're just sending that message back to the body and we're back in this vicious cycle. So this is sort of like what I know you know, which is like, recognizing these primitive instincts and then like the power you have to literally change your life by looking for what you want and using these universal laws or using what we understand about the mind or whatever kind of like perspective or lens you want to take to kind of bend it to whatever you want. And then like, look what you can do in just a matter of literally weeks, weeks. Like you think I spent so many years and then a matter of weeks, (laughs) everything changed. Yeah, that was, that was the change I needed and that I was looking for. And I was ready. I was ready for it, honestly. Like I had, it had been building up for about a year before that. And I was like, you just get so freaking tired, like of being tired and like so freaking tired of being unhappy. And, um, yeah, it's so much about, like, I remember, um, like on top of the negative thinking, finding out that my vitamin D was extremely low. And I didn't realize that that contributed to negative thinking. That's like why some of those simple things that you post about grounding and getting sunshine and getting outside are beyond important in that journey. Cause you don't realize how much, how much those can affect your progress or um, like it could be a uphill climb if you're not, giving your body the opportunities to get in a safer space. Um, yeah, it's, it's all about finding self-trust, self-love, self-compassion, self-grace, self, everything gentle and loving and healing and peaceful. <laughs> I agree. And <laughs> like, <I strive> for. <laughs> yeah, you've got to love yourself first. Like in it, it spans through like every, I don't know what the word is almost like industry. Like I was talking to, um, I don't know if you've heard of Luke Mind Power. I found him on TikTok, actually. He's just like really Mm -hmm. inspirational. He's not in like the chronic illness space, but he's um, a really inspirational, transformational coach. And like, I had him on my podcast. I went on his podcast. He was Mm -hmm. saying to me, you know, self-love is the foundation of every transformation. And I just love that because I think it applies, you know, like these universal truths like apply across everything. So you can take that and apply it here. And I just think, that's a really good way to say it. Of course it is. Like it, like you said, like it's all about 
loving yourself, trusting yourself. Like who is it that you love the most in this world? You know, like treat yourself like that, but even better, you know? Um, and we, we start to hate ourselves when we're sick Mm -hmm. because we think our body hates us and we're hating it back and we're hating life. And it's all just really bad and dark and, um, flat, (laughs) you know, um, and yourself down. Exactly. And like love is the most healing energy of all. So it's mm-hmm. like you have to step into that and in that in the capacity of yourself if you're sick because you're yeah. working on yourself. So it does come back to, you know, how do you actually feel about yourself? Do you love yourself enough to put in the amount of work that you've described and like to challenge yourself and to go to these places that are really hard? Yeah, it is definitely hard to challenge yourself. I remember like even starting to meditate or like, I remember when I told you I started trying to do online shopping, like get out of my comfort zone because I thought I can like pull certain things off. And like, now I'm wearing those things and I'm like, that's right. This is Aaron 2.0. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I remember recently I was like meditating and like just thinking about the evolution of meditating and like learning the skills to meditate and like be with yourself and like observe yourself. Um, like I remember I had like a little mindfulness moment yesterday, like around family members and it just became only me in the room. And it like kind of reminded me of like, you know, how people say when it's like true love or you're in love that like, you feel like you're the only two people in the room. And it kind of felt Mm -hmm. like that, like self-love moment where I was like, I'm the only one in the room with myself. And it feels like in the best way, you know, Yeah, Um, it's just... Yeah, you get those types of moments constantly that show you that you're you're evolving. That's so cool. I mean, I love it. I'm like I love being by myself. I mean, part of that is like mm-hmm. I'm an only child, so like <laughs> Yeah. So like I was always by myself. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 like even as I've grown up, like I agree with you and I think like I'm lucky in the sense that I already kind of appreciated that time. And like, I'm in like an introvert slash extrovert, but like, I really do actually mm-hmm. recharge like being alone in reality. Yeah. Um, but I love to think like, I love like, no, I'm thinking right now. <laughs> I'm having a moment right now with myself. So just, you know, um, and it's even more precious when you have kids because you get very little of that. So enjoy it while you can. Um, yeah. So what was I going to say? Oh, okay. So in terms of like, I know that when we were in the, program. Um, you did things like you rollerbladed and you were fine and you didn't need your inhaler. Like where are you at now? I mean, you know, you with asthma, you were sitting in bed with like a nebulizer, like how has that changed in the impact it has on your day-to-day life now? Yeah. I go out almost every day to take my dog for a walk. Um, that could be like an hour, two hours long. And it is the most rewarding thing because no matter the environmental circumstance, like if there's a little bit of fire smoke outside, like I used to panic and like I brought everything with me on my walks in case I needed it. Like I brought my albuterol, prednisone, Benadryl, Claritin, nasal sprays, a mini nebulizer with me and my phone, like wallet, everything. And now I have been going without my phone to get a nice break without my inhaler. Because wow. I'm just like going in the neighborhoods and I'm like, I I don't feel the need to hold on to something that that I don't need. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is magical. It doesn't, it's not like I'm like lifting weights again because I can just tell my body's not in that space yet where it's ready for more hardcore stuff again, even though I miss it so much. 
Um, like not even to run. I'm just not in that space, but like occasionally riding my bike and rollerblading with my friend and walking my dog have been just so rewarding. Just being outside again is so huge and like moving, just moving. (laughs) You're like, wow, my body's doing that. We're doing that. How cool. And I'm going to be trying Pilates soon. So I'm really excited for that. That's like the biggest step I've taken in a while in terms of being active. So I'm ready. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, it's just so amazing what like your body can do and what our bodies can do. Like, I remember, I can't remember it. You probably do more than I do. Like, I think one of the first wins was like when you rollerbladed. I, I think that was a moment of like, you were like, I can't believe I just went from like, where I was like last week to like having this experience. It was just like mind blowing. Like what? Yeah. I actually, now I, it's coming back to me. I remember like I was out for a couple hours with my friend Becky and we were rollerblading all around like the little park area. And I was, part of me was like so anxious, but then part of me just kind of let go because I got caught up in like talking and getting distracted with her and just like enjoying that I was outside again. Like I remember there was fire smoke because there's a neighborhood near us that likes to burn leaves and stuff, no matter what time of year, it's really annoying. And like my lungs did not like that. They just, I know my lungs did not (laughs) like that because they were like, Oh, I can't breathe. This is cool. Uh, And even just being around the grass since my allergies have been so bad since I'm trying to there was so bad and like I've been trying to heal my gut. And yeah, I remember taking my inhaler because I do have like exercise induced and just like, you know, you got to be take one puff just to be cautious because it is exercise for me. And and I thought I was going to have to I thought I was going to have a flare. I thought I was going to have to be taking like when I have flares, I have to eventually get on prednisone. I am on nebulizing treatments every two to four hours. I'm on like Mucinex, VapoRub, um, different nasal sprays, like Advair. Like I could keep going on, but I didn't have to take any of that. (laughs) This is incredible. It's like, (laughs) it's just like such a testimony of what's possible and like what we now know is going to continue to be possible for you, you know, as you like continue, cause we'll never be like done stepping into our power. I feel like we're always going to be trying to realize what it is and pushing the boundaries. Um, but just like to know that you went from like this place to that place, like it relatively speaking extremely quickly, like, yeah. and it wasn't like you went to like the Mayo clinic and did some like really intensive thing. Like, you know, like you did do an intensive thing, but you did it with what you have inside of you. And it was just like, whoa. And then I think we were all like, I wonder what else is going to be possible. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's like a moment of silence for the future. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I remember by the time I got to HTA the second time there was, I was like having an asthma win and you're like, I wonder how long he's been healed for. (laughs) I was like, right. (laughs) I didn't realize that. Yeah. I was having this conversation earlier with someone in HTA and we were talking, not, well, yes. And so I I had mentioned I was going to interview you, but she was also, because she had the same thing. She had these gut issues and she said, well, they've kind of just gone away. And she's like, 
it's really crazy because like, you know, I went to a restaurant, I had like a bowl of pasta with gluten and this like does always happen in HTA where like someone will just be like, this symptom has just gone. It's really bizarre. <laughs> and like, it's like, what? And then I just said, I, yeah. hmm, I wonder how healed you really are. And she was like, yeah, I wonder that too. And it's just like, it's the same conversation, but every time it blows my mind, it's like when you realize like you shift your internal narrative and your nervous system. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, never mind. It's like, wait, mm-hmm. this whole time, like, I don't know. It's just like, what is my capacity for healing? I think for me, I just got out of that conversation, mind blowing, like thinking of your situation, mind blowing. And it never ceases to amaze you. Like what we, not you, but me, what we can do in such a short amount of time. And I'm like, I love following the stories of like how powerful people are and just like exactly like what they're overcoming as we realize it. Because I think we are now pushing that human potential. There's not a lot of literature on nervous system regulation work for healing chronic illness. It's not like super popular. It should be, it's not. Um, And so every time I feel like in a sense, we're kind of data collecting and like, um, oh, here's another testimony of what's possible. And oh my God, look at what this person just did. You know, And it's like, you feel like you're on the forefront of something so miraculous. But yeah, it was like, just who we are as humans. I don't know. It blows my mind every time. Oh, totally. It's crazy too that like, as we've found more of a connection between like the gut brain access, how much more that's being involved in research. That's definitely going to be some Mm -hmm. of the biggest future research for sure. Um, but it's crazy that it's only been around for what, like a decade or so. Like it's crazy to think about. I know. I remember when I was studying, I went to start, started undergrad in 2009. God, it was so long ago. And I, anyways, I remember like in my programs, they were like, and all of this research is very new. Like this book was like published a year ago and it's like neurobiology and psychology. Um, it was not nearly what it, what, you know, I do now at all. But I just thought it was so interesting, like these very basic concepts of the human psyche. And it was like, and the prefrontal cortex, and this is what's like more evolved. And this is like what we know to be true about how we think existentially. And I was like, wow. And now I'm just like, Jesus, we like don't know anything. Like we're, we're so powerful. We know we don't really use any of our brain, but it's just exciting to think like we can continue to like push those boundaries through this work because it is the proof that it's possible. Absolutely. And not like, Science is a very powerful tool, but it's like the practice behind a lot of scientific research is very much like evolving in itself and like being able to reiterate and find new or different answers and like creating the space for that. So it's like when you think about science that way, it's like it's such a parallel to the higher self work that you do. I know. Like the evolving aspect. It's it's crazy to me. Like I'm taking some like a stats class and a research methods class and um seeing like, you know, you have your null hypothesis, like when you have like a theory and you want to test it and you're like, you either believe it, you assume that it's true, or you assume that it's not true, and you always assume that it's not true, right? Um I honestly don't know where my mind is going with this. My writer's brain is like going like I do. I do know where you're going. I think you're saying like, it's cool that you can keep trying to like learn what's true in science. I feel like 
yeah. science could be continuing to try to discover versus saying, well, this is what we know to be true. It's like, what we know to be true is not true. What we know to be true mm-hmm. is getting closer to the truth. Yeah. But even in our lifetime, it won't be, you know? And so it's like, we have to start looking at it like what you said. Like, we're always constant. And that's great, you know, when you're in school because you are challenged to question, to do research, um, and to challenge your beliefs. And, you know, but then people get stuck. That's the problem. And they say the literature states that this is irrelevant. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, in 1991, it was irrelevant. But but here we are. (laughs) Relevant, trust me. Oh, yeah. Now it'll be irrelevant again. (laughs) I know. I mean, yeah, it's, and you're always going to have those people. Like, there's still people out there who say, like, the gut brain connection is like, disproven and not based at any like actual real it's like anecdotal or whatever and it's like I mean that's fine you can think that until either it happens to you or someone that you love yeah. <laughs> um and then I'm sure you'll challenge your beliefs but you know whatever um I obviously have yeah. a lot to say about that but I mean okay so let's talk about your book um oh, yeah. This is just so exciting because obviously you started this, or at least I found out about this after the program. So like, what are you, I know you're writing about these resources for chronic illness, but like, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah. So the goal behind it, um, is to create like an encyclopedia of resources. Um, so like anything from physical to mental resources, including like people like you, and also just like tools you can have in your toolbox in addition to that, or like going to see certain specialists that do certain things. Like I remember you, what was it called? What is the thing where you can get your, your colon cleaned out? Um, I can't think oh. of it. <laughs> uh, why can't I think of it now? I know. I'm like, I, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh my I'm gosh. Like, it's going to really annoy me. Okay. It'll come. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Same. Um, so, but like, oh go, gosh, like okay. I didn't know that stuff existed. Like I didn't even... I knew about acupuncture and that was about it. Yeah. Like, um, or like IV therapy. I had no idea that was a thing or like, um, even seeing your friend Katie's potions that I've tried and love now, like thinking about adaptogens, any of that is just like really cool to me. So just showing people in the beginning of their journey, what is possible because there's so much more possible. And then kind of, um, sprinkling in personal stories that can add to, feeling supported and add to, um, add to those resources and like perhaps my experiences with those. Um, and I would really like to bring in some other like HTA people's stories if they'd let me like give some of those details. Cause I think it's important to cover not just my story. Cause I'm one of a million different people, like so many different people that are dealing with so many different angles of chronic illness. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm so excited for that. I'm trying to intend it to be something that you can just open also when you're going through a hard time and you're like in the middle of an emotion and you're like I need to I need to I guess like feel this emotion and then neutralize it and let it go. Uh, like it kind of reminds me, I don't know if you've read Atlas of the Heart by Brené Brown. No. Oh, okay. So I it's like, add it to my list. <laughs> yeah. It has, it's a book of like, I think 86 emotions, which are, she came up with that based on like so many different theories of emotion, like what she wanted to include. And you can just open 
the book up at any point and like find, say like an emotion you're feeling and like work your way through that because there's so many emotions that you're experiencing throughout this healing process, especially in the beginning, like feeling so much overwhelmed. Like I remember if it weren't for HTA, I thought I was going backwards when I went on my gut cleanse. Like I literally felt a little bit worse for a while. And I was like, holy crap. And if you hadn't told me like, it's going to feel like that and then you're going to feel great. Like I would, yeah, it would have been like down spiraling for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to delve into that and work with an editor and I'd love to get some of your insights too. And, um, yeah, it's going to be great. Like it's so needed and, oh, you know, we have these conversations. A lot of people don't know any of it exists. And I think when I started on my journey, I didn't like, I Googled health or something. No Googled. I I was driving from Austin to Dallas and I podcasted like true health or something because I had been in the situation that you described at the beginning, but like nothing was working. It was the same. It's always the same people telling you it's in your head, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, well, that's not right. And I found a podcast, learn true health. And Ashley James is the host of that podcast. Hmm. And I listened to so many of her podcasts. And like she she goes like she's like two hour long podcasts and she interviews people who have healed from something that's like not quote unquote curable. And it was just a testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of healing. Like it was just that was all it is. It's just basically putting evidence out there that healing is possible. And that was the first time first time I'd ever heard about anything that like, there were just a million options out there. There was a million things that these people were doing. And I remember coming back to Austin and saying, I think I'm going to start looking at the food that I'm eating. And that was the first time I thought of that as someone who had completed, you know, undergrad was working in a corporate job at a tech company. Like I had more education than your average American and was more healthy, quote unquote. And the fact that I shopped at Whole Foods and ate organic. Yeah. I like wasn't dairy and gluten-free and I was going out and drinking at the bars and doing all this stuff, but like, um, and not that dairy and gluten even matter, but they did matter for me at the, the point of my flair. Mm. Everyone knows how I feel about villainizing food. It's different, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Anyways. And I just think, oh my God. And that was the first time that I had even heard of such a concept, let alone the nervous system and all the things we're talking about now. And, you know, then your average person, I say like, and obviously I'm not in America now, but we think, you know, wherever, like, what is the average level? Cause it's not in our education system anywhere. So it's like, where would you learn? And so I just think like, it's so needed. Like if we both had known these things years ago, like, you know, our stories are five, seven, 10 years long. Imagine like what, where we would have, you know, been. And yeah. It's just wild. It is. It would be so different. Like one thing. So my job is in a psychology department at Arizona state and I am working on a startup called psych for life. And it's like, finding credible evidence-based actionable tools that people can use to improve their lives. And like having that backing has really helped me realize how important and how much of a need there is to translate like bridge science to people that like aren't familiar with scientific literature. Cause like Mm. it's, there's so much jargon. There's so much, yes. Like, 
you you know they gotta yeah. they gotta humanize it a little bit a little bit more yes. um it would be nice if there's like a spark notes for scientific yeah. literature you know every so great I forgot um, about spark notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um that that's another emphasis of my book is like kind of establishing basic physiological things that are going on. Cause that personally helped me when I was trying to battle the health anxiety, like knowing that my body is trying to protect myself and also knowing that like this is a physiological pattern that my body has learned and this is what happens. Like it goes through like, you know, like different body parts that are like the HPA access most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's, that's a huge niche for me that I'm looking to study. So, um, including and incorporating that in an understandable way for people. So it's not like, I like, I don't mean like dumbing it down because in no sense, I know the people like reading it or here would be able, like, you know, but like just making it understandable because it seems like scientific literature, like makes it more, purposely difficult to understand. So I'm just, I'm really grateful that I'm learning the skills to interpret that and help translate it. So I'm, I am so excited about that. It's called the perfect storm right now because every single doctor I went to, and I, (laughs) you know, like we've probably both been to a lot of doctors. Every single one told me when I told them everything and they would just like gaslight the crap out of me and just be like, oh, there's nothing actually wrong with you. Go home. You're just anxious. And we can give you Xanax, blah, blah, blah. And they always called me the perfect storm. They were like, wow, you're just the perfect storm with every circumstance that's led you to where you are. And um, I think that's a very fitting experience for the lot of people in this position because you know, there's just, there's so many layers that add up to this and it's really hard to start unraveling those layers, <laughs> but it's, it's so, so complex. Yeah. No, but I think it's an important point as well, though. Like what you say, you said, you know, I think like, first of all, like understanding what's happening in the body is scientifically proven to help people improve mm-hmm. their condition. And they use that in hospitals, explaining yeah. why that there's this explanation of what's happening. And and I think, well, your average person isn't necessarily in medicine or they're not a scientist. So it's not, it's not an insult. It's like we I appreciate like in another industry, like if someone's talking about like when I worked in tech and they were trying to explain to me like that because I was in marketing and I had to create these presentations and like write a lot about the software of these programs that we built, we, the company built. And (laughs) as if it's not like I'm dumb, but at the same time, like, as if like, you know, I had to sit there and they would, the tech team would explain it to me. Um, okay. So this is this, and this is diagram. And I'm like, even still, I'm like, I think, like, I think, I think I barely grasp this, (laughs) but like, you know, and so there needs to be, you know, people need to come in in all areas of their expertise and kind of, I would call it like layman's term it, like not in a, just because that's, we can't all be an expert at everything. So I think like, that's just going to be so helpful, um, for people to understand, like you said, like, this is just like an instinct or this is just like how the body works and this is causing this and this is the domino effect and like this explains this feeling and it connects it and like it's going to be huge and um i just think there's also so many places you can take that as well like when it comes to education like this space is so not saturated 
um, because chronic illness is on the rise and there are so many reasons why, but, you know, primarily like the toxicity of like the mind and the spirit and the body. Um, and so there's just a lot of work that needs to be done. And I think, um, that's just going to be so cool. And I just, I love to see it. I love to see people helping people and taking their stories and helping other people heal, you know, it's so cool. It's pretty powerful to have that sort of connection and, um, that meaningful like purpose, you know? Yes. Who is it? I don't remember who it is because I've been reading way too much lately, but someone <laughs> who was saying that, you know, it's like, someone was like, um, it's purpose that like increases the longevity of your life by what percentage? I don't know. Maybe it was Mark Hyman. Like I can't remember if it was in a book or if I saw it on Instagram, but that really resonated with me. And I think there are like a lot of conversations about like purpose, but truly like when you feel like your life is in alignment with your purpose, like that is the best. I think like that is happiness. Like if I had to define it would be waking up every day feeling like everything you're doing, because that is finding joy in the quote unquote mundane. Like that is why like this morning when I got to wake up and like go downstairs and make the bottle and like let the groceries in and like clean the kitchen and all these things like made me genuinely joyful because like everything I do with intention towards my purpose and it is a blessing. And so I just think it's so cool that you get to do that. Um, like the purpose in it all, it's healing more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, recently was officially, officially diagnosed with ADHD, even though I know I've had it since I was a kid. Um, and that has been really life-changing in itself the last several months. Cause like in terms of like acting with intention and purpose and like finding things that align with the way my brain works and the way my personality is. And it has been challenging, but like I've found things that work and it's also like finding the reason, like I always am reminding myself, like, why am I going to grad school? Cause if I'm up at 2am writing something, I'm like, this is not worth my sleep right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought now. But um, again, the my brain is like eh, a squirrel. Um, too. But yeah, it's definitely it's huge when you act with intention and choosing the things that you get to do every day. Yeah, it's a blessing. You have to be intentional with your life to get there. So yeah. you got to face your your demons and do all the, that work to get to the other side. So hopefully that's sort of been elicited throughout the conversation, like, you know, really point A to Z, like what you've described, but also like the in-between work to get to that place um, of, of growth and impact and purpose. Um, so I guess my like sort of last question for you would be, and it is, it is kind of putting you on the spot, but it's more just like if you had to give advice to someone because people who listen to this podcast are presumably somewhere in the sort of pits, if you will, like in that stage of like, I really want to hear stories of people being better. And I want that to be me. What would you, and you've given a lot of obviously like incredible advice around that and with everything that you've mentioned, um, what's something that you would say to round it off? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I'd say for one, HTA <laughs> like not not a you know like just from experience 
it has been absolutely life-changing the community aspect as well and working with you has been life-changing because I look up to you so much now and um seeing a chiropractor that is nervous system oriented that helps you work through emotional release has been a massive massive thing for me in terms of like working through a lot of that remembered trauma in the body and um, or doing therapy, like whatever is helpful for you. I remember talking to you in the group about like some people just don't like talk therapy and it's like makes things worse. It's not helpful. But sometimes like physically releasing stuff from your body is is um, what really helps you like propel you. Um, and the last thing I would say probably is finding a functional medicine doctor like mine that you helped me find. It was the very Ooh. first one we found on the functional website. She had like a a family practitioner background in Western medicine, and then got a ton of credentials in functional medicine and has converted over into a functional medicine practice. So she's got a really unique perspective and is able to prescribe stuff in case of emergencies, but also like work with me um, day in and day out to find all root causes and, um, and continue to heal. So those, those have been the biggest life-changing things that I would recommend that really help when you're in that dark space, propel you into a space where you're surrounded by people that have similar like beliefs and they have hope, which can mm-hmm. honestly rub off on you being around that. Yeah, that's that's uh, all I can think of right now. <laughs> Good advice. I was gonna say I do have an episode um, on finding a functional medicine doctor. So if anyone is mm-hmm. wondering, it's like my method for how I find functional medicine doctors and. Uh, tons of people have found doctors if you're listening to that. So I vet them all pretty similarly. And it's also, there's like a subject, there's a subjectivity to it. Like, obviously if you don't align with that person, then that's sort of on you at that point, as in like you decide Mm -hmm. once you can verify all these credentials and criteria, but I do have a bit of like a formula of like, Hey, these are the things that um, we know mean that they're educated in these spaces and um, do have these values and, and all that. And then at that point, you you interview or you read and you decide who you want to go with. So that's um, that's a resource as well. But yeah, I mean, I think that's fantastic advice. Those are three places I wouldn't have known to go for personally, you know, at the beginning of my journey. So are you going to say yeah, something? I, yeah, I just thought of like... <laughs> The other thing I would say is if like either go outside to try grounding, because that's actually a really big part in the beginning of the journey, just to like take small steps like that to actually like get out in nature. And it's, yeah, it just psychologically helps, especially with sleep too. And if not, like I ended up getting a portable sauna, I'm doing payment plans. There's no way I paid that up front, but they also have like grounding mats on Amazon and stuff. Yeah. So helpful. Like so helpful in getting better sleep because that's like can be a really tough battle in healing. Um, that and probably like either red light therapy or um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you've been using the grounding mat. I have, and I it's it, it. it works. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I have. I don't know if you can see it. It's actually right here. My little portable sauna has red light, it has grounding, and it has like the sauna effect, which is like, you yeah. know, the triple threat in healing, right? <laughs> you oh got covered in all bases. So it's a step what's up the- from putting your legs on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I would say, what's the brand out of curiosity? Yeah, it's called Therisage. Okay, I remember you. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I had a 
sunlight and red light therapy sauna in Austin. It was like, it was like the, you know, it was like a big, like two person, like Bluetooth lights. It was amazing. And it was huge in my healing, but you don't actually need that. You can buy more of a, like kind of what you've described. Although I didn't have, um, I have a red light therapy machine, which neither of those things I can use while I'm pregnant. But uh, yeah, but but it's interesting, but the grounding mat is interesting. I mean, luckily here we've got lots of grass, but oh my God. Yeah. Like people ask me, they're like, what's a good tip for regulating your nervous system? I'm like, get your circadian rhythm, like perfect. Like, and like you nailed it on the head. Like these things can really help with that. Like, first of all, being outside from like almost every aspect is going to help regulate your nervous system, literally from listening to birds to feeling sunlight on your skin. Like there are so many, so many benefits, but yeah, like that's going to help regulate your circadian rhythm. And if you can get your sleep nailed, you've done like so much of it. Like that is like the foundation. I feel it's like all regulation, um, which I know can be like kind of a double-edged sword. Cause then it's like, well, that might be the problem people need to fix. So like, there are also other things we can do to like support that. But I think that's such a great tip. And also like a lot of those things, I mean, you know, you can just put your feet on the grass instead of buying, you know, and, and get sunlight on your, your face or your skin in some capacity. But anyways, I'll, I'll link that. And I'll personally look into that as well, because then that interests me. I feel like I would put it under my desk and just like have my feet on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did with my Amazon one for a while until I switched to this bad boy. So yeah, so upgraded. <laughs> yeah it's quite an upgrade. So but oh, yeah, yeah. That, that has been amazing. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Well, thank you. I said it is Amazon Prime Day still, right? (laughs) I'm like so proud of myself for not buying anything on Amazon Prime. Like I realized like today I've been seeing that and I was like, okay, Faith, stay focused. You can do this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and just like all of your insight is so game changing. Like you said, it's just important to get that information out there, not only to be a testimony, but like to bring that wisdom, um, to push the boundaries, to get people thinking, to support those beliefs. Like there are a million benefits. So, um, I just really appreciate your valuable time because I know that you're really busy and you've got loads going on. Um, so just thanks for being here with us and for sharing. Thank you for having me. This meant a lot to be able to share my story and just if this could help even just propel someone in the direction of healing wherever, whatever that looks like to them. It's just, it's rewarding to be a part of that journey and just like, yeah, it makes my heart so happy. So I'm happy to talk to you. I miss talking. Me too. too. Okay. So just really quickly, where can they find you if they want to reach out? Oh, um, Instagram. I have an Instagram, AA Ron. Um, you can probably link that. And yeah. then, um, I have, do have an snack Instagram if they want to follow that. Um, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. I don't yeah, <laughs> that's fine. We'll, we'll link it. We'll link it all in the show yeah. notes just so that people can reach out if they have any questions and also get any updates on when your book is released. Yeah. I will definitely keep you posted on that. Thank Yay. you so much. <laughs>